What a great word, First Conference, yes? And great words, everything, just, just right, I mean, just hit the bullseye with what God is saying, what God is doing, and tonight we're just going to pick up where we left off back in December on Wednesdays, just talking about the spirit of truth, and you know, that's a lot of what Word First Conference is really all about about hearing the voice of God and knowing, being confident that we can hear God. And so tonight we're going to just kind of jump right back into what we were looking at before. And I was thinking of something, um, I was thinking of something today, and I was reminded of a verse of Scripture, so I'm going to kind of throw it into what we've been talking about. But <clears throat> passage of scripture, the two verses that I'm thinking of is Mark chapter 4 and verse 24 and 5. And I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Translation. <clears throat> what we're talking about, what our series has been, is the spirit of truth. And um, in Mark 4 and 24 in the Amplified, it says, and he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study, thought and study, the measure of thought and study, thought and study, the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. For to him who has, verse 25, for, him, for to him who has will more be given, and from him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away by force. And Mark chapter 4 is the parable of the sower. The sower sows the word of God first and foremost. Sowing isn't defined by financial giving is, you know, it's, it's a part of it, but it's not defined by that. First and foremost, the sower has to sow the Word before there can be revelation about any other area of life. Sower sows the Word. Um, and there's a lot in this verse, but I was thinking today how important it is, and, and I heard it, I think, from actually from every speaker at Word First Conference, I heard this, how important it is to be in church, how important that it is to be in church. I, I heard everybody say that and make that comment. And I was thinking about that because, you know, you can talk about being in church when actually we are the church, right? You can, you can talk about coming to church when, again, we are the church. But I want to change it a little bit. We understand that God is building the church, right? His church. He's building it. And so what we're coming to is 
a place, and, and we take it very serious here, very serious, and more so even, say, in the last five to eight to ten years, we've taken it even more serious about everything that's preached has to be what God once said. Because you could, I could come in here and talk about anything. We could talk about the government, right? We could talk about anything. But God wants what He wants spoken. And every time you hear something, now go back to the verse I was just talking about. He said to them, be careful what you're hearing for the measure of thought and study you give, in essence, to what you hear, to what you hear, the measure of thought and study you give to what you hear. So you have to be making sure that you're hearing the right things. The thing about, about coming in essence, to what we call the church, what God is building in the earth, the reason that you come to it is so that you can hear something that you wouldn't normally hear in your everyday life, right? The measure of thought and study you give to what you're hearing is what's going to come back to you. In other words, the measure of thought and study you give to something what it shows is how much you value or not value it. And, you know, um, a, a, in, in a lot of, quote, religious circles, coming to church is something that is just that. It's religious. It's a, it's a man-made thing. It's something that people do out of obligation. It's something that people do because they have to, because... You know, they, they want people to see them there. They do it for a while because it makes them feel good for what they're doing. That's, we have to get past all of those things. And you may have done that for a while, but we have to get past, we have to wade through all of that, and I'll just call it mess, to get to the right reason for why we come. Because of what we're hearing. Now, the other thing that I saw today was this. If my hands are like, a bunch of different pieces of puzzle, okay? Every time that you hear the Word, and, I, and I'll just say this, I'm, I'm not trying to put any, I'm not thinking of anybody sitting in here. I'm not thinking of anybody that's not here. I'm not thinking about anybody. I'm, I'm listening to what God told me today. I'm not trying to put you on a guilt trip. I'm, what I'm trying to do is cause you to realize how vital it is to continue to be hearing all the time. It, 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 it's, 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 it's life and death. And, and, and I listen to a lot of teaching that is not, a, you know, there's not the result of people that are preaching here or myself or what. I've listened to lots of teaching. But there's something about making the effort when you don't want to, when you're too tired, when you don't feel like it, to get here and listen that takes you a lot of times to another level. Because when you purpose to do that and not quit, there's these pieces of the puzzle that begin to fit that wouldn't fit any other way. Well, I didn't go to church, but I'll listen to this. 
Well, okay, it's not that it's wrong or it's not good or whatever, but there's something about when you're connected and you're planted in a place that when you come, it's not because Pastor Bert's a more eloquent and better preacher than the next guy. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with you being convinced that what we're, what we're teaching and sharing is real, and as you're hearing Okay, you're taking responsibility to hear some things that you won't get anywhere else like in the world. You'll get it from other teachings, but you won't get it like you get it here because you're planted here. You see? And there's something about that that takes you to another level. We've entered into something since 2019 that, that I have never been in before. I get chills when I think about it. It's not something that we're entering into in the new, we've already entered in. 2019 was everything about what I'm talking about right here. And when the word becomes a hit and miss kind of a thing, that's what comes back to you is hit and miss. I'll say it again. When it's hit and miss with the word, then it's hit and miss in what comes back to you, and then it's hit and miss sometimes and, you know, whatever in how I receive. And I tell you, where you really begin to realize that is when you've stayed steady in the Word and then something comes against you, some attack comes against your body, your finances, your life, maybe your marriage, maybe this, whatever it is, and you have something to battle with. So, tonight in just these few verses I'm going to read to you, I'm not going to read a, a lot of verses, but I want you to hear what's being said in, in these passages of Scripture. These are familiar, these first two especially. Jesus said this in John 14 and verse 16. I will pray the Father... And he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Who is he? The spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him because he dwells with you and will be in you. Then in John 16, 13, he says this. And I want to make this point. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Come here, Dale. <clears throat> Just stand here and look at me, okay? So, I'm Jesus. So, I, I'm, I'm Jesus. I'm flesh and blood, okay? And I'm talking to other flesh and blood people, but right now... I'm telling, I'm telling Dale that I'm sending another helper, and he's going to come and help you, and he's going to reveal all truth to you, and he's going to show you things that are to come. So, in, so what, what, what Jesus was doing is he, he was flesh and blood telling flesh and blood that something that you can't see is going to come and teach you. Flesh and blood 
telling flesh and blood that there's somebody coming that you won't be able to see with these eyes, and he's going to teach you everything. I was thinking about that today as I was reading those passages of Scripture, and I'm thinking, you know what? I promise you these guys were confused. The spirit of truth. But Jesus kept referring to him as he, he, the person. So I think over time they were confused about that, thinking, okay, then there's somebody else that's coming in the flesh. But his name is the spirit of truth. I, they, I mean, these guys weren't guys that were raised in church. You know, most of them. They didn't have any doctrinal background, no history of the law, and understanding the truth of certain things. And he's telling them that there's somebody that's coming that you won't be able to see, but he's going to live inside of you, and he's going to give you all truth, and you got to be able to tap that. Thank you. Is that fair? Is it any different for us? No? I'm born again today because I made a confession and I believed in my heart in somebody that I can't see. Sometimes in his presence, I can feel him. I can feel the presence of the Lord. You can, it, it's, all, it's a tangible thing. You can actually feel the presence of the Lord. But I've never seen the Lord. I've heard of people that have seen him. But that's not his standard for mankind. His standard is that mankind believes in a being that you cannot see. Right? And he's saying to us that if we don't develop a relationship with this being that we can't see, then we can't advance the way He wants us to advance. So, just follow with me and I'll read a few other verses. The last time we taught on this, we talked about the conscience, a person's conscience. And your conscience is the voice of your spirit. You have a human spirit you have a soul, a mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a physical body. And your human spirit is one with the Holy Spirit. And as we're reading, I'm just going to back this up in Scripture. In, in Romans 8 and verse 14, it says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So we have to, if I'm a child of God, if I'm a son of God, I need to know how to be led by the Spirit. In other words, the Spirit talks, tells me what to do and where to go, and then I follow, right? I need to be led by Him. He, he, if you're being led by somebody, they're out in front and you're following, right? You have to be led by the Spirit of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, Again, to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father. We've been adopted. We've, we're connected to Him now. Now watch. The Spirit, big S, Himself, bears witness with our spirit, little s, that we are children of God. 
His Spirit and our Spirit are one. And my conscience, the voice of, uh, of, the, uh, of my spirit is my conscience, and my conscience has to be aware of what God is saying, and I have to train myself to understand what that is. I made, I made a couple of statements last time that we must be able to hear but we must have a clear conscience to hear. If, if your conscience isn't clear, then you're not going to hear correctly. And, and, and I read this passage of, of Scripture out of Acts 24 and 16, and Paul said this, this being so in Acts 24, 16, this being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. I always strive for my conscience to be without offense toward God and men. Now, with any of these type of statements, it's always the question, okay, so how do we do that? So, tonight... I want to give you a couple of examples that are kind of detailed. And, and today as I was praying in the Spirit, I, I, I was, you know, one of the things that God has shown me a number of times, and it's helped me through the years, but, and, and, and it's, but it's, it, it's vital if you're going to teach the Word. If you're going to teach and preach to people, this is vital. And it's that you never take for granted, you never take for granted that people understand what you're saying. Because if you do, if you think everybody understands everything you're saying, you are totally deceived. Because in here tonight, we have a plethora of different people from different backgrounds that think in different ways. So, I'm convinced that it takes examples to understand how to have a clear conscience, which is a conscience without offense. So, just kind of bear with me in, in, in some of my examples tonight, in, in these couple of examples that I have. So... I'm, I'm, this is an example of somebody personally that I know. I'm not using their name. You, you, there's no way you'll know who they are. Nobody will in here. So, a person goes to school to go to college with a desire to be something, you know, certain vocation that they want to enter into. And so they go to school, they get a degree. And they send out a resume, they send out their resume to a number of different places, and as a result of sending out their resume, they get a number of different offers, four or five offers from these different companies. Which one do you take? 
We're talking about the spirit of truth that has come to lead us and guide us into every into the truth about everything that we do. I don't care what it is. Lead you and guide you into the truth about everything that you do. That's who we're talking about. And how is that developed? When you are aware all the time of what you're hearing and listening to. Because the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be what will come back to you to empower you to know how to understand what God is trying to get over to you about decisions that you make. And I'll just say this, and you hear me say it a lot, but it's a choice to develop your ability to hear. It is a choice to develop that. I wrote this down. A clear and a clean conscience is a developed conscience. And that's a choice made from what you hear. It's kind of what I just said. You decide to take the time to make decisions from within instead of making all your decisions from without. Making decisions off of the top of your head will, in so many cases, not get the right result that God wanted you to have. Your mind may even think that, well, you know, that that, that wasn't too bad. But God's got so much more than, than you can even ask or think of for your life, but you have to do it His way, and it has to come from hearing. All the Scriptures we're reading tonight... All the messages we preached on this subject as of late, everywhere, all through the Scripture, hearing is the key. All word first was about, was hearing is the key in 2020 and beyond. Hearing, knowing how to hear. So how do you choose which company that you're going to go to work for? You believe you heard God to go to school? believe you heard God to, to enter into this field? You believe you heard God to do the thing you're doing? And then all of a sudden, now you're faced with making this decision. And the Bible's real clear about how we make decisions. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, I walk by faith and not by what I see, not by what I hear, not by what I feel, not by what seems right. I walk by faith in God. So, to have a situation like I just explained and to have to deal with that, you have to determine that, you you know, someone say, well, you know, I've got two weeks to make the decision. Not me. I'm not just making a decision out of default. If that's the case, and all four or five companies aren't going to take me, and I'm not sure, I'm not making the decision. Sorry. Sorry. Now, if you're judging and basing your decision on the outward, then... Number one thing you're going to do is take a job for salary. 
you'll take a job for how much they're paying. So you've got five companies, and it's almost like <laughs> it's an auction. I get 100,000, 100,000, 110, 111, 12, 13, 15. I mean, it's kind of like that. You juggle it. It could be based on the benefits that you get from the company. Now, let me ask you this question. Is a good salary a bad thing? No. Is good benefits a bad thing? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Do you think God knows that? Absolutely so. But we walk by faith and not by what we see, and we don't make decisions based on the natural. Well, it's, you know, the key to it is the demographics. How big's the city? How much is this? How's it growing? How they, who's going to do all these things? Okay? Is that wrong to do that type of a study? Absolutely not. But we're talking about what does God want for you? You and I have to make the decision that I'm going to go through the Word, I'm going to keep attending church, I'm going to keep hearing, and Father, you said in your Word, if I'm lacking wisdom in a situation to ask of you and you would freely give to me all that I need. But in about seven different verses, they all are boiled down to this statement. Peace is the proof of your victory. And if you don't have peace, no matter how much they're offering you, you can't do it. Just, I mean, this is just a, you know, example as I was praying. How, how can I make the point? I feel like God gave me this example here. Because the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered of the Lord. He will order your steps. What if you took a job because of peace that was less than, than what everybody else was offering you. But, but something said inside of you. See, you say, yeah, but, but how would I know? You'll never know if you don't pursue it. It's a choice to say, I'm not taking this job just because of the money. I'm not taking this job just because of, because of the benefits. Father, I'm coming before you and asking you. The Bible says if you'll pray in the Spirit you'll begin to pray in the understanding. What are we talking about? A clean and a clear conscience. Because the moment you choose to ask God, and this is just about a job, I don't care what it is. The moment you choose to ask God what His will is about a situation, the moment you do that, you begin to clear your conscience of public opinion, what family has always said you have to do, what this person's always said, what this group of people have always said, you begin to clear your conscience. And so you, now you have a clear conscience to be able to hear what the voice of your spirit is saying so that that can be conveyed to your mind. And now you're telling your body we're either taking it or we're not taking it. 
I'm not saying that God wouldn't have you take the best salary. But are you willing to make sure what He wants you to do? Did you hear what I'm saying? I'm going to say that again. Because some of you might think, well, you know, God is always going to make you take the worst. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say it at all. I'm just saying you can't be moved and led. I, I, I saw a guy, we, we lived in, in the Rio Grande Valley, and we attended, at the time, we attended First Assembly and Mission, Pastor Ron Bowen. Did you ever know, did you know the Bowens? No? Um, and he had, a, he, had an, he had a guy that was not an associate of his, but he, he just helped in the church. I think he was a deacon in the church. And he served, in, but he, had, he was in, in business. I think he was in the banking business. You remember the guy I'm talking about? And he, uh, he we were, had been in church there maybe for, I don't know, a year or something. And I remember him coming saying that he and his family were moving. And I said, Really? He said, yeah, I said, uh, he said, I got offered $10,000 more a year, and so I'm leaving. And I remember thinking, I was real young in the Lord, but I remember thinking, $10,000 a year? I mean, I didn't say it, I just thought it, you know, even back in the 80s. I was thinking, you're going to move your whole family for 10000 bucks? And... The only reason I'm using this as an example is because today that guy and his wife are not married. And I don't know what else happened to the rest of his family, but a situation in his family happened that shouldn't have happened. And he uprooted his family from where he was plugged into. For $10,000, he went to another city, went to Houston is where he went. And he went to another city and actually just got involved with some wrong dealings with people from what I've heard, just stories that I've heard. But it really went bad for him, not even in that area of business anymore, and things didn't work out, lost his family, and, and, and a number of things. And I'm just saying, somebody say, well, you know, it's probably not just because he left. Yeah, but you can't underestimate making a decision based on the outward versus making a decision based on what your conscience is telling you. And the thing about that is it takes time to develop it. You're not going to just know. Somebody says, yeah, you know, you say hear the voice of God and, and listen to God. You know, that's easier said than done. Dang right it is. Easier said than done. Very, it's very it's not difficult, but it's time-consuming. And you have to choose when, say, you're faced with a situation like the example that I gave about going to school, being presented with this, and then, okay, is it going to matter? What if those five offers were in five totally different states? Could that alter the direction of your life? Absolutely. Absolutely especially if God wanted you in this state and you find yourself over here. Could alter the whole, you know, the, 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 the whole pattern of how he is trying to get things to you. And the guy that went to Houston, I saw him one time after that. 
And I mean, he looked like he'd been run over by a Mack truck. And it, and it was a real, but, but I learned something from that. I've never forgot that. He's uprooting and leaving for $10,000 a year raise, which would probably today would be what? Maybe an $80,000 raise, $70,000 raise or something like that. Maybe that's a little bit more money, but it's, but it's all relative at the end of the day, right? Is it worth that if that's not what God's telling you to do? So, so if you get an offer like that to move somewhere else, you do the same thing. You have an opportunity to better yourself, to advance, to move up in something. Okay, that's great, but is that the direction God wants you to move up in? Is he saying that? At the end of the day, that's all that matters. That's what we have to do. That's what everybody was talking about at Word First. 2020 and beyond, we've got to know we hear the voice of God. So a clean and a clear conscience is a developed conscience. I'm learning to train myself in what it is that I'm hearing. Am I just listening to my natural mind? Am I just doing what appears to be right? You know what the Scripture says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is destruction. And you know what? I don't have to be afraid of that. I just have to be willing to make the choice to take the time to develop my conscience. That's all I have to be willing to do. I just ha- I'm going to say it again. You and I just have to be willing to take the time to develop our conscience and allow the Word to show us what's right or what's not. I've got to know what the Word says. The Word says, I walk by faith in God, not by what I see. I don't make decisions based on what it appears to be in the natural. I make a decision. I can get all that information, glean all the information about it, but at the end of the day, what is God saying to me about what I'm supposed to do? That's what matters. And I go back to what I said in the beginning. And I want to read that verse again. And he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. For the measure of thought and study you give to the truth that you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you, and more will be given to those who hear. And in the Greek there, it says, continue to hear. So go back to what I said about the church. The church is about hearing. The church is about you tonight, sitting here and listening to what I'm saying. I'm giving you scripture and verse about what God wanted me to say tonight regarding our title, The Spirit of Truth. This is what he wanted me to say and to challenge you in, in 2020, that we're, we're going to be people that make the choice to do whatever it takes to know what his will is, and when I don't know what his will is, I stay with him until I get it, because he said, those that ask keep on asking. Those that knock, keep on knocking. Those that seek, keep on seeking. 
So, Father, I'm just staying with you. What better way to stay connected to him than staying connected to what he's building, the church, and what's being preached? It's vital. It's life and death, literally. It's life and death. But it's not like life and death, like we're afraid of dying. It's life and death, and I, don't, I mean, most of you sitting in here tonight, you've made that choice. I'm sticking with this. Nothing's going to cause me to, to back up and back off from staying under the Word and staying planted and staying connected to what God is wanting me to see and to hear so that I can have understanding when those type of decisions need to be made. You, you understand what I'm trying to get over to you about the example that I gave, right? That example will fit in anything that you face. And when you've made the decision to train your conscience and to develop your conscience, then what you're doing is preparing yourself when you have decisions to make, when it looks like it could be right out here, but I'm not sure I'm staying with God until I know that it's right. And, and you know what? I'll just say this. And, and maybe I haven't always said this, but I think this today. I think that what's right in the natural is at least half the time what's right in God. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> at least half the time. Is God trying to trick us? No, no. I'm just saying that, there, that half the time, the things that are right in the natural, that was right with God. But then there's times... When it's not, and we have to hear, because ultimately the decision that you make that didn't appear like it was the best decision in the moment will ultimately be the best because does God have anything but your best at His heart? He always has your best. So it's a win-win. So if the natural and the spiritual line up in a decision that you make, glory to God. But don't let yourself get a little cocky and think it's always going to be that way because Scripture says in the Corinthians, Paul said, any man thinks he knows anything, let him think he knows nothing as he ought to know it. So I always have to be growing. That's not a bad thing, right? It's not a bad thing. It's a prideful thing to think that I've got it all together because I've had a couple of victories. And pride goes before, right? No good. So we don't even have to be afraid of that if we just stay connected to Him. We're making declarations every day. You should be. I hear the voice of God, and I do exactly what God tells me to do. I'm purposing. I don't care what it takes. I don't care how many times I screw up. I don't care how many mistakes I've made. When I thought it was God, and it wasn't, and it, and it just it imploded or whatever, get back up and keep moving. It doesn't matter. God is not keeping score for how many times you did it perfect. He just wants you to stay with Him. Just stay connected to him, hearing his voice, doing what he said, and being convinced of that. Can you say amen? And I'm going to end with this verse. 
thought I was. Now I remember where I put it. Matthew 6 and 23, and this is in the Amplified, Matthew 6 and 23. But if your eye is unsound, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the very light in you, your conscience, is darkened, how dense is the darkness? your conscience. And again, how, how does your conscience, uh, and, and it's important that I say it like this, how is your conscience darkened? It's darkened when you make outward decisions and you don't develop inside of you how to make inward decisions. That's how it gets darkened. In other words, it kind of, it, it's like darkness settles over your conscience. It's like darkened because you're not, you, you know where the Bible says the entrance of his word brings light and life, right? Okay, so when I'm, when I'm making decisions based on what the word says, okay, no, no, wait, wait, steps of a righteous man are ordered to the Lord. The Lord's leading me in this. I'm hearing his voice. I'm going to make the decision about what, what job I'm going to take or what I, if I'm going to do this or go here or do that. I, I'm making the decision based on how his word is speaking to me. What does that do? It brings light. So if I'm not listening to the voice of my spirit about making decisions, I'm not learning how to hear, then it becomes darkened. And he, and he says in this verse, he says, if the very light in you, your conscience, is darkened, then the question is, how dark has it gotten? How deep is that darkness? How, ha, how has it gotten that way? And what do you need to do to change it? It's not like, ne never read a verse of Scripture like, that's the end result. Hmm? God is always believing for the next thing that you can accomplish. Amen. Always. Never read a verse like that, oh my gosh, how deep. No. How deep is it? How did we get some deep darkness? Why have we not been listening to the voice of my, of my spirit? What do I need to do to change it? And the answer to that is, number one, what? Keep coming to church. Keep listening to the Word, just making sure that you are hearing the Word. And once you're hearing the Word, when you have situations that you come up against, that I'm going to take His Word and I'm going to answer, I'm going to tell myself what we're going to do so I'm not making decisions in life based on my unrenewed mind. I'm making decisions in life based on what the Holy Spirit is giving me. Because did Jesus say, what did He say? I'm sending you another helper, and he's going to reveal the truth about everything that you face. So the, the, the little example I gave about the job, he's going to show you what the truth is about the job you take when you've got five offers. But he's going to show you the truth 
about every single decision. I don't care how minute and how small, how little the decision seems to be. He will give you the truth about every single decision that needs to be made. How many believe that tonight? These are actually elementary truths. I'm not saying that critically. I'm I'm saying it even to myself. These are elementary truths that have to be continually developed. Or or it's it's not like riding a bike. I mean, other than a stationary bike, I haven't ridden a bike in 10 years. A bike bike, bicycle bike. Motorcycle, but not a bicycle bike. But I can jump on a bike and keep riding it right now. Well, these truths aren't that way. You don't keep developing. You don't keep working them. You forget. And the devil works overtime hoping you're going to forget so that your conscience gets darkened so you don't even realize how dark it really is. You just think, well, I'll, I'll throw a little word here and there and put a little spark of light every once in a while. No, but that didn't get rid of the darkness. It has to be continually on. If we just turn the lights on for 15 minutes in here, well, that's enough. Just turn them out. Is anybody here? Huh? No. It has to be on. Right? Man, I'm on. How about you? 2020, I am on. Word is on. Game on. Hmm? And I just tell you this. The devil's not stronger and better and more faithful than we can be. He's faithful, but not better than me. I'm faithful to the Word, to anything and everything. Can you say amen to that? No matter what you're faced with, the voice of your Spirit will give you the answer if you just ask and keep on asking and keep defining and keep directing everything through the word about the decisions that you make and the things that you're hearing because up here will tell you things that are not him but in here will tell you things that he's saying and then that overpowers what this is saying and then your body does what he says just like he was doing